It's time for Let's Make Kids Books, where you'll learn how to easily create, publish, and sell your own children's books today. Whether you're just getting started or want to increase book sales and attract more readers and fans, you're in the right place. And now your host, children's book author and founder of letsmakekidsbooks.com, Bo Blackwell. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is Bo Blackwell, and I'm really excited. My guest today is Tara Lazar. I am pronouncing it correctly, I've been told. Um, and she is the author of the children's picture book, The Monstore, as well as several others that are coming out soon. And she also blogs at taralazar.com, which I ran across recently, and I totally fell in love with the site. There's a lot of great information, and Tara has some really funny and interesting posts and um, is also the creator of the in uniquely named Pibo Idmo or Pibo Idmo, um, which <laughs> we'll talk about later in the show, but it, it, it's an awesome idea um, and I'm really excited to talk to her about it. So thanks so much for being on the show, Tara. Thank you for having me here <laughs> in my pajamas at my own house. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that the dream of being a writer is to be able to work it in your is, pajamas? It is. You know, I mean, when I go speak to children in schools, I'm like, you know, what better job is there? You get to stay home all day in your pajamas and drink hot cocoa. I mean, come on, kids. Yeah. Don't you uh, want to be an author? I know my kids would go nuts over that idea because pajama day is their favorite day at school. So yes. <laughs> that would be their dream stuffed animals with you i've got tons of stuffed animals oh man uh, that's living the life well how did you get started uh with writing children's books what you know have you is it something you've always done or is that kind of a more recent thing that you got into well it's something i always wanted to do from the time i was in second grade i mean from the moment i could write a story I knew that this was something that I really enjoyed and I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But, you know, life has a funny way of taking twists and turns. And um, I knew when I graduated college, and I graduated with an English and creative writing degree, um, I knew that I just couldn't go and be a writer because I wanted to be independent. I wanted my own apartment. I was done with roommates. No more roommates. And I knew that you know, being a starving artist was not something I wanted to do. I wanted to get a, um, a steady paying job. And so I did. And I worked in, uh, high tech publishing, um, publishing computer books, mm -hmm. uh, which was extremely boring. And <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to work in children's books. Um, but it, it's very hard. I mean, as hard as it is to, to get published, it's even harder to get a job in children's hmm. publishing. Um, so, uh, the only publishing job I could get at the time was these computer reference books. Little did I know because nobody really wants to work on computer <laughs> reference books. And, um, I figured I'd kind of jump from there into children's publishing, but I didn't. I jumped from there into high-tech market hmm. marketing and market research and um, the web and all those kind of things. And I rode the wave of irrational exuberance, <laughs> <laughs> if you remember that from the late 90s and yes. work in high-tech. And yes, was independent, had my own apartment. And, and um, so the writing 
took a back seat until I got married and had my first kid. And then I was like, oh, I'm at home now. I have some time. I have these children. Um, <laughs> it seems like a good time. And I, I really believe in your life there, um, there's a right time for certain things. And it, it was finally the right time. Mm -hmm. So um, about 2006, 2007, after my last child was, you know, uh, could could stand to be without me for like 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> that's when I really became serious about writing for children. I joined SCBWI, which is the Society of Children's Books, Writers, and Illustrators, which is a mouthful. <laughs> so here in my house, we just say squibby. Uh -huh. Even though that's not really phonetically correct, if you <laughs> right. look at it, it, but but we just say squibby at home. Mm -hmm. I say to my kids, "Hey, kids, I have a squibby thing," and they're like, "Okay, bye, mom." <laughs> um, so I joined um, SCBWI and attended lots and lots of events, first page sessions, mentoring sessions, conferences. Tried to like really soak up all the information I could. And what I would do is I would write copious amounts of notes, come home and, and transcribe the notes and slap them up on my blog, which you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of helped me absorb all the things that I learned. It was kind of like my study routine when I was in college, and it became my study routine for, you know, a new career. And um, so I just worked hard from that time on, writing and learning and reading craft books and attending events and, whew, uh, <laughs> did all that for a good three years. And then in 2010, I got my agent and the book deal for the mom store. Oh, very cool. So what did that process look like of, you know, getting an agent, um, since I'm kind of coming from more the self-publishing side and haven't gone through that process, what is... You know, what does that process look like and um, how long of a process was it for finding an agent and shopping the book around and that kind of thing? Well, I was really impatient and I think that a lot of writers are impatient um, to get the agent, to get the book deal. And I felt like, wow, I've waited my whole life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in my 30s here to finally do what I've always wanted to do and now I'm really impatient I've, it's got to happen right away and the reality is it doesn't happen right away mm -hmm. because nobody who starts writing is suddenly a great writer it's it's practice like anything else um, you want to be a professional baseball player you need years of practice you want to get a publishing deal you need years of practice so that's a lot of writing um, so while I was writing um, of course, I'm submitting my stuff because I'm impatient. Right. Getting lots and lots of rejections, and it just wasn't going well. So I became very gun shy, hmm. and I didn't want to submit anymore. I said, "Listen, I'm going to start taking this a lot more seriously and spend time on my craft and not submit anymore because I'm obviously not ready. I'm getting all these rejections." So, um. It was about hmm, two or th like I said, two or three years into it, I had this critique partner. Her name is Corey Rosen Schwartz. She is another author. She wrote a book called The Three Ninja Pigs. Okay. Um, 
and very successful book. Um, she said to me, she read the monster and she said, Tara, this is it. This, this, this is your breakthrough manuscript. This is going to get published. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't want to submit it because I, again, I was afraid of more rejection. Um, but over the years I had been researching agents you know, thinking about agents, that was all in the back of my head. I was still doing my research on that, even though I wasn't submitting. And I had a short list of agents who I knew were interested in picture books, were interested in kind of quirky humor, which is what I write. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had that list. And she finally convinced me. She said, just send it to this agent. I know he's a quick response. Hmm. So I did. I sent it to that particular agent, and boom, he was back to me in less than a day. It was crazy quick. Wow, yeah. Um, it was a rejection, but in the rejection, he said, you know, I think this will be published. This is publishable wow. material. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gave me the confidence. I, I learned from an industry professional. He was not interested in repping me, but he thought that this book would be published. So yeah. I said, okay, now I'll really go for it. Um, in the meantime, Corey had sent my manuscript to another friend, and another friend read it, and she tweeted about it, and my agent saw the tweet and said, hey, what are you, what are you reading? Let me know what you're reading. Mm. And so Corey and this other friend happened to know my agent and referred me to her. I sent my material to her, and I sent it to, at the time I was sending to Joan, I, I sent to a lot of other people too. Um, and I got a lot of good response. Um, but Joan gave me a call. She looked at my other stories as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we just clicked over the phone. And uh, I ended up signing with her. And about four weeks later, she sold the manuscript. So wow. it was kind of like <laughs> a very whirlwind process. And I will let you know, it spoiled me terribly. <laughs> because no other sale has been that quick. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people think once you publish your first book or get that first contract that it's easy peasy from then on. Um, right. And it's really not. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I, I, I thought it was fascinating that you kind of got connected with her through uh, through social media. I mean, yeah, through social media. It's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Fantastic. I, I really encourage people um, – to go online and, and to build a community, mm -hmm. find a community because writing is a very solitary profession. You know, like I said, we're, we're, we're here at home in our pajamas. Well, I'm in my pajamas. You're dressed. <laughs> well, um, I have pajama <laughs> pants on actually. I didn't mention that. I'm wearing, wearing a regular shirt, but I have pajama pants on. So, you know, <laughs> we're comfortable. Yes. We're at home. Um, but it's a solitary profession. Yeah. You're home, you're, you're writing by yourself all day. You really need a support community. So, you know, what better place than to find that on social media? And you'll, you'll become friends with other writers, some published, some not. You'll become friends with editors. You'll become friends with agents. It's just, um, it's great to have that support system and it can, it can lead to things for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you about that. Cause I, I, no, and you mentioned that your background was in in marketing and PR, um, and you have you know a big following on your blog, and um, obviously you have a lot of fans out there. 
how much do you feel like that's helped you to have a background in marketing and PR? Because I always feel like one thing that holds a lot of authors back is that they just want to be pure creatives and they don't want to have to market, you know, marketing or sales feels kind of slimy or whatever, you know, <laughs> they, they might say about it, but um, they are afraid to get out there and interact with fans or to try to promote themselves. Do you feel like that helped you having, you know, a background on that side of the house that you could draw on? I do. I, I really feel that it helped me, but I also feel that marketing is a creative endeavor. I mean, I would have never gotten into marketing as a profession if I didn't feel that it was a very creative thing to do. I'm by nature a very creative person. Mm -hmm. I make jewelry in my spare time. Um, I'm always writing. And I feel that marketing is creative. Mm -hmm. um, you, you have to think of new ways to reach people. Um, so you always have to come up with, with interesting ideas. Um, that that don't feel salesy you know sure. i i don't like sales yeah you're right you know i don't like you know the multi-level marketing pitch kind of thing right. you know, where you feel pressured to buy something you just you know marketing is is being uh for an author is being entertaining mm -hmm. and um being entertaining in different ways not just through your books but you know through your blog you know you don't want to write a blog that's, you know, oh, today I went to the grocery store and yeah. then I went, you know, to the dry cleaners and picked up my stuff and I can't believe how much dry cleaning costs these days. I mean, you're going to bore people to tears mm -hmm. <laughs> because we all do that drudgery every day. We don't want to read about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I do read some blogs of writers that it's, you know, they're daily chores and no, you got to be more creative in the ways you're going to market to people or, or market yourself. You're selling yourself, but you're an entertainer. You have to entertain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have some great examples of that. And those are kind of what immediately when I came across your site, because, you know, I've been trying to reach out and meet more authors and, and learn more about, you know, other people in the industry. And that was what really stood out when I found your blog was, you know, posts like 500 things kids like, <laughs> which is just <laughs> a huge list of everything you can possibly imagine. And I just thought that was so funny. Or um, authors reading uh, mean reviews about themselves and those kind of things. And, you know, those are just unusual because they're fun and, and different and not just... Uh, hey, my book got published today, or here's an award that I'm up for, please vote for me, that kind of thing, you know. So um, that's what really stood out and, and immediately made me want to learn more about you as an author because it was very different than, than what you typically see. Well, you can't take yourself too seriously. You <laughs> yeah. really can't. I mean, I, I just try to be myself, and I'm very, um, I'm very laid back and easygoing and... I'm funny. My husband and I are always laughing. So I just try to be funny. And I, I don't want to say, hey, here's my book. Go buy it. You see a lot of people on social media doing that. Like, mm -hmm. here's my book. It got this wonderful review. Go buy it. Go buy it. Go buy it. And if you just keep saying go buy it to people, they're going to just tune you out. Yeah. It's, um, I want to entertain people. I want people to you know laugh laughter is the best thing in life mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> eat everything yeah absolutely well and you know to your point of, of marketing 
being more than just sales. I, I totally agree. And I, I, you know, I feel like um, a lot of people that that don't like doing marketing or aren't comfortable doing it view it as um, as just hard sales. Like it's just me pushing my sales message over and over again, and you know, telling people um, to go buy my stuff. When I, I feel like marketing is finding people who might like your stuff and connecting with them and demonstrating to them why they might like your stuff, you know, not, not, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. You want to connect to people. You, uh, you want people to, you know, enjoy spending time with you, so to speak. You Mm -hmm. know, they want, you want them when an email pops up in their mailbox and it's from your blog, you want them to open it and read it, not toss it in the trash because it's annoying or yeah unsubscribe from you yeah it's all about connecting with people it, it's all about um offering something to someone else mm-hmm. it's it's you have to look at things from the other person's point of view what do you have to offer to these people that are coming to read your blog um if you keep saying i'm happy to announce this right <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to announce it, but why should the other person be happy? Yeah. They're not going to be happy that I'm announcing it. Um, You really have to look at it from other people's point of view. What do you have to offer them that's going to make them come to your site and spend some time with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, what's in it for me is really the question people should always be asking themselves, I think, with their marketing. And um and I think, you know, your site and why it's gotten so popular, it's probably because it does that in a, or it offers a few different things. I mean, like you said, it offers a lot of humor. It offers really interesting and, you know, useful content that is not just self-promotion and that kind of thing. And so different people may come for different reasons um, or the same person might find multiple things to like. But at the heart of it, you're giving people a reason to come visit you and not just, you know, please come visit my site because I would really <laughs> like it if you did. <laughs> well, the, that's another thing I don't like with social media is when people beg for likes. Oh, yeah. Like, like please go like my page. And if you're begging someone to like their page, that like is not genuine. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it so you'll get off their back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you shouldn't be begging for likes or, or wow, I just reached 3,000 followers. Wow, that's so awesome. Um, it, it, yeah, who cares? Right. <laughs> There's one who really cares. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those other people aren't going to care how many followers you have or they're not going to care, you know, if you're begging for likes. They're going to tune you out. Mm-hmm. It's always thinking about the other person. It's really not thinking so much about yourself. Like I said, you can't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you, since you, you know, did go through that long process of breaking into the, the traditional publishing world, do you have any advice for people who um, are writing a lot and, and, you know, really working on their craft um, but haven't been able to, to land an agent or to really make any headway in, um, in getting published? Have you kind of come across anything before or since you got published that that would really help um help that process go smoother or is it just sort of keep you know keep grinding it out and 
putting yourself yeah, out there. It, a lot of it is keep plugging away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, realize that you're not in any kind of race. You know, there's no timeline here. Um, it's going to take you a couple years at least. And, and don't fool yourself into thinking it's going to take less um, because I don't think there's been anyone. Um, if, if you look at a lot of the famous, famous writers, they've all had plenty of rejections, years of rejections. Sure. Everybody gets rejected. It's part of the business. Even after you get a contract, you're going to get rejected. I'm friends with Jane Yolen on Facebook and every once in a while, she posts, oh, I got four rejections today. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jane, you're in You don't believe it's possible, but it is. Everybody gets rejections. So, you know, wipe the rejection thing off your plate. Know that it's going to take years of plugging away. Go to the conferences. Go to the squibby meetings. Go, you know, read your craft books. Keep writing. Writing is like practice. The more you write, the better you get at it. And hone your concepts. I'm very big on concepts because I, I realized something about two years into writing, and, and that was um, no matter how well I wrote, no matter how well-crafted a story was, it's not going to get picked up if the concept hmm. isn't good. Um, you could write the most beautiful story about getting a new baby in the family. But it's just not going to be picked up because there are so many books about that out mm. there. It has to be a really different, fresh, unique concept. You really have to work on honing your concepts before you ever sit down to write. What I used to do is I'd get an idea, boom, blinking light bulb above my head. <laughs> and I'd run to the computer and tap, 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 sit down and type and... I didn't really stop to think, gee, is this a good idea? Should I write this? Right. <laughs> is there another book like there out this already? You know, um, so I, I really believe in, you know, crafting your concepts and making sure that what you're writing is, you know, going to be picked up by a publisher, is going to be picked up off the shelf by a kid. I mean, you want, that's why I have that list of 500 things that kids like. Mm -hmm. Um, it's for myself, but it's to share with others. Um, they like robots and aliens and monsters and princesses and ballerinas and, you know, yo-yos and hula hoops and all these kinds of things. And so think about what your book is about. Is it about a toothbrush? Is a kid going to run to the shelf and say, Mommy, I really want this book about the toothbrush. <laughs> right. Or are they going to see the book about the monster truck next to it and pick up the book about the monster truck? Mm -hmm. you got to think about what your book is about and what the competition is on the shelves because you're going to have tons even if you after you get published. It's not the only hurdle. Mm -hmm. It's the first hurdle. In a whole marathon of hurdles. Right. Well, so, it's it's funny because uh, it totally relates to what we were saying about how you you get noticed or you know marketing yourself as an author. I mean, it, really, it's the same thing when you're trying to figure out what to write for kids. Is to again think about your audience and say what's in it for them. Does a kid want right. to read about a toothbrush? Probably not. You know, or because yeah. I've met a lot of authors where. It's like they want to get their personal message out there, 
of what they believe in, which is great, and that can produce, I think, some really good, you know, some really good stuff. But at the same time, if there's no market for that or that's not something that's going to appeal to kids, then it, it is going to be really hard to get that picked up or even just to sell copies of it, you know, even yeah, if books are hard. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people write for children with the intention of teaching them something. They have a message, they have a moral they want to put across, but a lot of it comes through as didactic. I mean, think about it. Do children really want to be lectured in a book? Right. <laughs> no, they don't. They they get lectures all the time from their parents, from their teachers. They're being lectured all day long. We want to foster a lifelong love of reading. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to write something fun, I believe. I mean, it can still have a message. The monster, the underlying message of the monster is about siblings. Um, and it's about siblings getting along and cooperating. Now, I didn't write the story with that intention. That's just the underlying emotional thread of the story. So it still puts a message out there, but it does it in a very fun way. So it's it's not saying, now you two, you brother and sister, you should cooperate. Right. <laughs> no, whenever you say the words, the exact words of the message, then the message is lecturing. Sure. And kids aren't going to want to read that. Gotcha. And a publisher isn't going to want to pick that up. Gotcha. Well, that that's a nice segue in talking about honing your concepts into the Pibo Idmo or however we <laughs> want to say it, but P-I-B-O-I-D-M-O. Yeah. So this is the sort of sister version of uh, NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month. Um, but tell us tell us more about uh, your uh, event that you do every November and, and how that works, because I, I love the idea and I wish I had known about it last November when I was just you know, kind of getting started with self-publishing books, that would have been great to have a bunch of more ideas to write on <laughs> at the end of it. Well, you can still do it. That's I mean, true. It's, I could, just, yeah. it's just that I hosted in November, but right. it's really meant to be done throughout the year for all writers. And, um, well, you know, it got started because I was just jealous. I was jealous of all these NaNoWriMo people <laughs> having all the fun and posting all their daily word counts and having this great community of, of people encouraging one another to write. And I was just like, wow, this really sucks because <laughs> here I am, this picture book writer, and I, I'm not interested in writing a 50,000-word novel. Right. Um, I, I want something for picture book writers. So I thought about it, and I said, well, what can I do as a challenge for picture book writers? And I'm like, hmm, a book a day? Oh, no, that's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> Nobody's going to write a book a day for 30 days. Yeah. People might, you know, commit suicide. I don't know. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> um, so I said, no, I can't do that. Um, and then writing one book in the entire month, well, that yeah, that's not much of a challenge. Yeah, not very challenging. Um, and then that's when I started it is when I started becoming cognizant of, of how concepts are so important to picture books. And, and so I said, well, what about one picture book idea a day? So that's what I did. I started a picture book idea month, Pibo Idmo or Pibo Idmo or Pibo Idmo. <laughs> I don't care how you pronounce it. It's up to you. Um, and I'm sure people in England are, Pibo Idmo, you know, whatever <laughs> accent.
accent or whatever pronunciation you want, it's all yours. Um, so for 30 days in November, each day I invite a guest blogger who's either an author, an illustrator, an editor, someone who's a professional in the kidlit business, and I ask them to post about their own sources of inspiration. And it's either about, you know, how a particular project came into being, or it's just, in general, what they do to feel inspired um, every day. Do they listen to music? Do they, you know, take a different route to the grocery store? Um, whatever they t tend to do. Um, I know ideas come from our heads, but <laughs> there's always some kind of catalyst sure. to an idea. And uh, for 30 days, these guest bloggers blog about it, and people just keep track of their ideas and I don't ask anybody to send me their ideas. No, you just keep track of it yourself. Okay. And at the end of the month, if you have 30 ideas in the 30 days, at least 30, um, you've won, you've won the challenge. And I give out prizes. There's books, there's critiques, there's agent feedback. Um, and we just have a grand old time because everybody comments on the posts and shares their ideas and talks about writing. So everybody gets really immersed in picture books. And it's just, you know, it's a good time for all. Yeah, that's really cool. How many people typically get involved in that? I'm sure it, it probably grows every year. But um, how many people, like, participate in that pretty regularly? Well... I had 1,200 or nearly 1,200 participants this wow. year, which totally blew me away. <laughs> yeah. The year previous, we had about 750, and I thought, oh, this is as big as it can get. I mean, this is this is it. This is 750. Wow. I, can, I couldn't believe that. And then when, you know, I almost got 750 within the, you know, first two days of registration, I was like, oh, my God, where wow. are these people coming from? I didn't know so many people writing picture books. Um, but yeah, 1,200 people almost um, participated. And so that really kind of blew me away. It, I, I never really anticipated any of this. Mm -hmm. uh, five years ago when I started it, I thought, oh, maybe a dozen people will join me. You know, I didn't think... It was so great an idea. I just wanted to do something in November so I didn't have to be so jealous of all the NaNoWriMo people. <laughs> right. That's huge. That's an amazing amount of people participating. Um, outside of, you know, giving you ideas and letting you not be jealous, do you feel like it, it's helped you in other ways to have set something up like that? Because I'm sure being sort of the, the hub of a community of people that are doing something like that's probably been helpful for you in some way. Um, I, I think, you know, a lot more people know my name. Mm -hmm. And if that makes them then go out and buy my book, fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten me a lot of credibility in the business, I, I think. Um, and it's also just immerses me more in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to know more people in the business. I get to talk about children's books. I get to think about children's books. Um, it's inspiring to me as well. Now, I, I, I never finish my own challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm just too busy during sure. the month to really do the 30 ideas in 30 days. But, you know, I get a good 10 ideas, and usually one of them turns into a manuscript pretty quickly. And so it, it's just as inspiring for me as it is for everybody else, I think. 
Very cool. Well, before we wrap up, I wanted to see, do you have any, um, you know, any other advice? Obviously, you've shared a lot of awesome advice on, on this call. But, you know, for anyone who is either maybe they've always aspired to write uh, and put out children's books, but haven't really gotten into the the nitty gritty of it or somebody who has been trying to, to break in and, and is just feeling kind of frustrated or um, doesn't know what to do next. Do you have any advice that you've kind of learned that, that might help people overcome <laughs> that hump and get in there or <laughs> is it just, you know, keep at it? I mean, you, you know, for you, like joining the, the squibby group and things like that, was, should, should somebody do those kind of things where they absolutely get proactive? Get a group. I mean, before I joined Squibby, I joined a local organization here in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, called um, Women Who Write. And that's it's exactly what it was. It was women who were all writing all different kinds of genres. And I found a group within Women Who Write who were writing for children. Hmm. And, and that's really how I got my start and um, found a community of friends, people who wanted to discuss writing for children who wanted to critique our work um you really need other people you're too close to your own work to understand the problems with it hmm. you really need other people to give you feedback you really need to learn the craft you need to learn the business and i have a friend who always says you have to decide whether you want to be a writer or an author yeah different things yeah yeah totally okay, a writer you can write anything you want as long as you want, there's no restrictions, there's no rules. But if you want to be an author and become published, there's certain rules and parameters. Now, mm. you can sometimes break those rules, but it's not likely for somebody looking to break into the business to break rules. It's more likely once you're in the business, then you can break rules. But there are some rules you can break. You've got to learn what those rules are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to learn that a picture book really shouldn't be more than 500 words. Mm -hmm. um, you should learn um, that uh, certain concepts for picture books are more attractive than others. You should learn not to write didactically. There are lots of little things about the business that you should learn. You should learn that a picture book is 32 pages so that you have, you know, usually 12 page breaks. How are you going to make that page turn be surprising and fun? Are you aware of the format for what you're writing? Um, so gain the community, gain the support, write your butt off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> get that butt in chair I find a lot of people talk and talk and talk about the book they want to write but yeah. they actually don't sit down and write it and they worry about things that they shouldn't be worrying about yet mm -hmm. worrying about well what is the cover of the book going to look like what's the title <laughs> no don't worry about that yet you're far ahead of yourself just sit down and write it mm -hmm. and keep writing and learn and and take advice from others who have been there um and and just don't be alone make friends friends <laughs> are good friends. that's great advice yeah you'll find that the children's book community is one of the friendliest most welcoming most helpful communities you have out there people want to help you succeed and they will you just have to make friends yeah. And it's easy now that we're online. Everybody's online. 
Go to a forum. Go to a blog. You know, join join Squibby, like I said. Um, you'll find people out there who want to help you. Um, you don't have to be alone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, where can um, where can people find out more about about you and your books and connect with you and and, and what are you working on that that you want to tell people about? Well, you can find me at taralazar.com. And Lazar and, is L-A-Z-A-R, if you're listening yes. to this. Yep. So uh, my name is, every other letter is an A. Wow. And it's T-A-R-A-L-A-Z-A-R. I think a lot of people just tuned out there. <laughs> <laughs> that was really boring. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, you could go to my website. I have... Uh, the website is really a blog, um, mm-hmm. so you'll go there. You'll find all kinds of writing advice and information on a piboidmo, piboidmo, however you want to say it. It's okay with me. <laughs> um, uh, and I have uh, a page dedicated to my books. I have the Monstor, which is out now. I have another book coming out this fall called "I Thought This Was a Bear Book," and it's about an alien who gets knocked out of his book and crash lands into a book about Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And <laughs> chaos ensues. Um, that's coming out in the fall, again from Aladdin, Simon & Schuster. And then I have like one or two books coming out every year for the next few years. So um, cool. just trying to roll, keep rolling them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. It's the greatest job ever. Again, pajamas. Yeah. That's all you need to know. I mean, <laughs> that alone makes it the greatest job ever. <laughs> so, you know, that's where people can find out about me. And thanks very much for having me. I, yeah. It's great talking to you. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This has been been awesome. It's been really good for me to hear, uh, you know, the perspective from the traditional world and, and the advice that you've learned from being in it for so long. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, I loved it. Thanks for asking <laughs> right. me. Great. Thanks, Tara. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, Bo here. I just wanted to say thanks again for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it and finding it useful, please do me a quick favor and subscribe on iTunes or leave a review by going to letsmakekidsbooks.com slash iTunes or just share it with your author friends. To make sure you don't miss anything, including future episodes of the show, visit letsmakekidsbooks.com slash subscribe and enter your email to get all of my blog and podcast updates as well as my free guide to finding a fantastic, inexpensive illustrator for your next book. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.